felt like um, the old Star Wars trick with the uh, Ewoks and C-3PO. Really? I mean, Mask, come on. Be a little more responsible. Even if he's 13 years old, dude, you don't let him have to climb off the freaking mountain. Walk, who knows, five miles to town. When they switch over here, now he's in the passenger seat. Oh, I didn't catch that. At what point do you do a in-flight swap? Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, listeners, to episode 35 of MassCast. Thanks so much for joining us for another fun-filled episode of the Mobile Armored Strike Command animated series from the 80s, and also a little bit about what's going on in the Mask community. We really appreciate your participation in the MassCast podcast by voting in the polls and leaving comments on the Mask Movie blog, and also for your interaction on Mask Movie social media. Uh, tonight's podcast will be featuring another fun episode review for you, which includes, as always, our play-by-play and comments with audio clips mixed in for your listening pleasure. On the docket tonight is episode 26, titled... Secret of the Andes, which was originally broadcast on November 4th, 1985. I, that's somebody's birthday, I know. And I'm trying to think who's. <laughs> In this episode, Mask must protect a revived Inca priest who has been found frozen in the ice near the Andes Mountains and may now know the secret location of El Dorado. I am your host, Jason, one half of the Mask Movie team, and with me, as always, is my Mask Cast co-host, the Hulk Hogan, to my macho man, Randy Savage. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. Wyatt, how in the World Wrestling Federation are you? I, I, was, I had a straight face until he said... World Wrestling Federation, <laughs> the actual F that, that <laughs> right, actually existed so entertainment. I, I still can't figure out why they changed it, but I'll, I'll leave it. That's a whole other podcast somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a, I, I don't know, maybe a separation of the eras there because uh, back in the Federation days, I remember that's really when I was hardcore into wrestling i think you were too for a while for a while and, and it was actually fun to watch because i actually got could we could get into the whole good guy bad guy kind of themes that they would get into eventually yeah. you know hulk hogan was supposedly the good guy and andre the giant was the bad guy and the million dollar man yeah and then there was they, uh, brutus, they all joined them up right and then there was brutus the barber beefcake i still can't do yeah. i i briefly watched south park years ago 
And I, it, sad. It's sad. It actually marries with that. For me, it marries with that wrestler when he when uh, Cartman goes beefcake. I'm like, <laughs> I see Brutus the Barber. <laughs> that is not good. Oh, but anyway, I've been getting my fair share of Hulk uh, lately. Actually, I've been uh, reliving the A Team episodes and seeing Hulk Hogan appear on nice. on those episodes. So it was actually kind of uncanny that you're saying this little Hulk Hogan <laughs> reference because I'm sitting going, I, I think I just watched him a night or two, two ago. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, there was I think at least one episode with the, with the Hulkster. There was two that and I know of, but yeah. Those are two? Okay. And then um, wasn't it like Wrestlemania maybe two when Mr. T uh, came? I think he was in Hulk Hogan's corner or something. I don't think he wrestled. I'm, it's been so long since. Yeah, I didn't even know he was actually I, part of the, the WWF. I actually thought, yeah, he was just really the uh, the true uh, actor because I knew he was he was on one of the Rocky movies. Right. I know that's kind of where right. he got his kickstart. But after that, yep. I Wilbur Lang. Yeah, I <laughs> between and well, so Hulk Hogan was too. They've been. Uh, <laughs> oh really? He was. I, yeah, I think it was the same. It was the same Rocky. He had a, a little stint. Uh, known as uh, Thunderlips is what he was known as in the movie, and then Clubber mm. Lang was uh, was Mr. T. So, and then it seems like they went back and forth on each other's shows <laughs> later in in the eighties. Pretty cool. But anyway, so uh, we'll get off the wrestling topic for now. Um, I could keep going. I mean. I remember watching the cartoon. You remember the uh, yes, Hulk Hogan cartoon? <laughs> I do, and I still remember the intro of him walking down the street, and at the kind yep. of at the tail end, that's when he does the big mob of kids comes at him. Yep, yep, yep. And they're going Hulk, Hulk, and uh, and the the car. Remember that like car that went for days, the convertible <laughs> that they drove around. Yeah, in? I do. I do remember the convertible. I don't know what it was. If it was a caddy or just something i i can't remember either had the big fins in the back i remember that i don't even remember Um, that i just remember the convertible (laughs) it's been a while but anyway yeah let's get off of uh wrestling and back onto uh mask and we'll talk a little bit about what's been happening and uh in the mask community yes we've been uh, away for too long (laughs) that's that's very true Gosh, has it been a month? At least a month, I think. I think two, Maybe because two. there was a post. Uh, we were checking over the comments before coming on air, and there's a post back in July. Ugh. So I think that says something. Oh. Well, we are too. <laughs> we are too busy. I think. <laughs> uh, that's the probably the best way to describe it. It's simple, but it's the truth. Well, <laughs> when you got families and you got kitties and you know everything. Life tends to uh, take over, and you kind of put you know stuff like this on the back burner. But luckily, we've we're back in the saddle, and uh, we'll keep on chugging. I, I did um, within the last uh, couple of weeks. I created us a Pinterest page. Um, I you know all these episodes we review. I usually post up a you know snapshot. Uh, on Facebook, I'll put up the cover photo that has like a, a montage of like eight photos. So I've got all these photos that are just on my computer <laughs> that I've kind of collected. And I thought I need to I need to get them out there somehow. So go over to uh, to Pinterest and uh, 
you can check out those photos over there. I'm also doing. Well, I'm, I've got three boards um, over there. One is the screenshots. Um, one is like collections, like toy collections and so forth. Just random pictures of mass collections that I've found. And then one is just like a random uh, board of you know whatever. There's like fan art. There's those posters that our good buddy Paul uh, Panfalone uh, created, and I I actually took some snapshots of my mask board game pieces, the uh, cards. Oh yeah, that have some uh, some pretty cool stuff there. So head on over to uh, if you don't have a Pinterest account. Now we've kind of given you a reason to sign up for one. Um, <laughs> just go over to to Pinterest. I think it's just Pinterest.com backslash mask movie, and you can find us. And we're up to 60 total pins. So uh, cool. that's 60, 60 photos so far, and I've been trying to put up a few more each each week. So check us out there. But yeah, like you said, we've been uh, been busy busy with life. <laughs> that's about the some of it. Uh, I know I'm still trying to move in. It seems like a uh, I've slowed down to a crawl, if that, uh, with just different things. Uh, one of the kind of humorous things, I you know, replaced the weed eater blade on my weed eater, went out to trim the weeds, and I took out my screen door glass in the process. So that's... Oops! <laughs> yeah, my wife, I looked back, I wasn't even thinking. I didn't know I picked it up. I'm sitting there just doing my own thing, and... My wife looks at me in shock. Like she's sitting there over the pile of glass. Yeah. <laughs> like what did you do? So uh, <laughs> that's the comedy, really, of what's been going on. We've been, you know, just my son has now turned seventeen months today. Uh, oh, and I can remember when uh, he, <laughs> before he was born, we were talking about it on this show. I know. <laughs> but now he's running, crawling, uh, crawling He's into everything. All, Beyond, he knows how to open the oven door and the dishwasher. Uh, he can't stand the the uh, fridge being open. He sees it open. He is a <laughs> magnet. He knows he has to shut that door. Um, I guess that's good because most kids leave it open. It is, except when you're trying to get something out. Uh, yeah, he's all over uh, running, jumping. He's now into this uh, getting himself dizzy, so he'll sit there and spin in circles. Which is kind of funny, but uh, yeah, it's just amazing. And he he can run the iPad better than I can now. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He knows how to delete stuff. Then we that's, have to sit there and go to crazy. try to figure out what he deleted to put it back on, so he doesn't <laughs> complain anymore. You're gonna have to get him his own. He has his own. That's the problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is this is what I call the mute button on on the road, or whatever <laughs> yeah. he needs to eat, and he's just not. Being cooperative. Gotcha. So, uh, I know all about that. <laughs> I'm sure you do, and then some. Um, really, that's uh, besides that work for me. Uh, Military wise, uh, I seem to be inundated with all these uh, satellite feeds and so forth. I work for uh, kind of like a the the TV. Um, kind of the TV station for the military, if you will. That's the best way to describe it if no one has, has heard of our broadcast previously. 
so anytime there's a feed of some sort, uh, we, of course, pull in the satellite feed or, or uh, so forth, and, and it seems like we're picking up business somehow. Uh, <laughs> so we've been busy doing that. Um, uh, but really, that's, that's the gist of it for me. How about you, Jason? Well, I guess it's my turn to uh, <laughs> spill the beans. To spill the beans, I guess. Yeah, um, we are expecting our third child um, in just about two months. Right. Big congratulations! Uh, I know I've said it already, but here's the public <laughs> one. Thank you, thank you. Uh, not exactly planned, but we uh, we're kind of rolling with the punches, and uh, we are expecting our first girl. So. Uh, I made sure to put, you know, Gloria and Vanessa on the the name list, but Got sadly they her. were shot down. Yeah, they were shot down. <laughs> and I hear I, and I hear uh, Al Bundy right now. Vito, Vito, I say. <laughs> but yeah, so that is uh, that is taking up some of my time, all the planning and uh, and everything going on with that. I'm doing a few little things over at. Uh, at my little blog over at Rediscover the 80s, but uh, for the most part, we're planning for the little one to come and school started and you know all that good stuff. So I have homework again. <laughs> I, homework. I understand that. That's the other. Thing yeah. that's gotten me. Uh, I'm uh, back to classes, so it's yeah, yeah. It's everything. Got to put in the time. What time? time I, yeah, I keep telling people, you know, what's more valuable than money? Time. It's time, trust me. It is. We need that uh, DeLorean. <laughs> Surely, yes. That would be that would be great to go back and or just pause time. Remember, remember in uh, Saved by the Bell when uh, when Zach would just give the little T signal and everybody would freeze. Yes. You know, <laughs> that's what we need. We need a little timeout, and then we can just stop time, and then we can get our podcast done and keep going. That's right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's. Uh, I guess. That's what's happening in the mask movie community. Uh, <laughs> we we are still, you know, plugged into some of the other mask sites, and every time they get new posts up, we try to share them on our social media. But for the sake of time and the uh, many comments that we've got um, on this episode, what do you say we uh, we get the ball rolling? All right, it's time to start the mask cast. We fade in on Matt, Scott, and T-Bob skiing. Uh, they're actually skiing in the uh, Andes. Matt expresses how fun it is to be skiing in the Andes, except that Scott's freezing out there. I've been skiing, and it is cold, but eventually you do warm up somehow. I don't know how, but nonetheless. But have you been skiing in the Andes? No. I was skiing in <laughs> Boise, Idaho, and it was still pretty dang chilly up there. <laughs> and yes, I had to pull a Dukes of Hazard before pulling out of the uh, the parking lot, doing a big 180 and pew. Nice, nice. Except I'm on top of a hilltop, so I had to be careful. Anyway, I digress. Uh, just then, a huge uh, it's we find out it's an eagle. It looked like a hawk or an owl at the, at the time. Uh, swoops over top of them, and they're amazed at the huge size of this bird, and it just caws, and it creates this huge avalanche. Well, the trio races for this kind of overhung rock in the path, 
with T-Bob now turned into a snowball, they nearly grabbed T-Bob's arms, pulling him to safety under this this huge ocean or wave of snow that just engulfs everything. Uh, when the avalanche subsides, Matt comments, <sighs> We're safe now. Oh, I could have become a can of frozen diodes. I realize he's a computer, and I don't know that too many people would understand what diodes are. I would think that uh, a can of sardines or something like that, more more casual language would have been <laughs> adequate. But I understand it. I'm an electronics guy. I understand what he's talking about. Uh, anyway, so Scott suddenly notices that there is something out there, and the trio walks over to investigate. Well, they end up coming upon uh, what appears to be an Inca priest, and he's encapsulated in this huge block of ice. It's an Inca priest. He must have been frozen here for hundreds of years. But look at him, Dad. It almost looks like he's asleep. It does look. He looks very well preserved. Uh, Especially for a cartoon. uh, Right. (laughs) In this block of ice. And right after they find him, we cut over to this hospital that just happens to be like a cryogenic research facility. (laughs) Uh, The doctors work to revive the priest. I wasn't really pleased with the with the accent here of the the main doctor. You could tell pretty much it was uh it was Alex with a German accent. Right. Quite amazing. Virtually no tissue damage. In all my years of cryogenic research, I've seen nothing like it. What do you think his chances are, Dr. Wolfsburg? Doctor the blood transfusions and amino acid supplements have been administered. Then begin the electrochemicals. To answer your question, Matt, I don't know. But if we succeed in reviving him, it will be from this final process. It was just kind of, I don't know, it was just kind of choppy. And then you could tell the assistant was Brad. Kind of sounded like Brad after he was, you know, kicked in the crotch or something. He just <laughs> went up a... <laughs> what a description. Up a, I, you know, it's me. But um, I don't know. I wasn't really, wasn't, <laughs> wasn't really taken away with the voice work of the doctors, but... Anyway, they keep working on the priest, and uh, after this final process, the priest uh, comes to life. He kind of examines the room, and then he notices T-Bob. He walks over, and he starts the bow to him. I saw that of our classic Three Stooges moment right there. (laughs) Right. One of the other doctors uh, can apparently speak Incan. And uh, he interprets what the priest is saying, and he says that he is mistaking T-Bob for this god of prosperity. Uh, Scott kind of chuckles at it, and the main doctor tells Matt that T-Bob should kind of play along till this, you know, priest speaks more and gets you know more comfortable, right, with the surroundings. I don't know. This is felt. This felt like. Uh, the old Star Wars trick with the uh, Ewoks and C-3PO. Like, that was kind of lifted from that. Uh, and it and could it, have or, been. Um, what kind of grabbed me was we learned that the the priest's name is Tupac. And right away, <laughs> right. all I could think of was the rapper. Sure. Yeah, that's mm. naturally. So anyway, yeah, I, you know, I was kind of, all right, well, I'll play along with this a little bit, but. So anyway, the priest starts speaking some more. They say that he was on this journey 
to find the lost city of Guadavita, which is also known as El Dorado, the city of gold. So that is kind of our where we leave this scene, and the priest and and Matt and everybody kind of focused on, you know, this city of gold. Ooh, you know. <laughs> and then we get to cut over to Venom. Right, and, we get uh, our nice little theme music here. Yes, uh, we do. I like it actually. But anyway, they're sitting in a very rainy jungle setting, and inside we see a leaky hideout. We see Miles looking at a map with an open can of, I guess, beans or something sitting on the table. Uh, Miles is complaining about Rax's choice of hideout places. Rax, this is the last time I ever let you choose our headquarters. You said you wanted an impossible to find. Idiot. If I wanted to take a 24-hour shower, I'd have brought my shampoo. That's what the beans are for. They was catching the leak from the ceiling. I didn't even (laughs) notice that. I didn't notice the drops. I just saw an open can of something. Yep. But Vanessa grabs Miles' attention and having him view the local TV news. Mayhem, there's something over here you should see. Ica Priest frozen in the ice for over 500 years. Intellect is incredible. In the two weeks since his recovery, has already learned English. The things he can tell us about the past are amazing. And he's planning to make a pilgrimage to Grotta Vita, El Dorado, the last city of gold. And that's about when Mayhem tells him it's time to move out. They've, I guess they've, uh, I don't know what they were looking at on the map or, you know, what they were scheming, but this has cut their attention enough to kind of drop what they're doing and make their moves, right? Yeah, make their move uh, to get this priest. Well, we cut back to now we got the uh, priest and Scott and T-Bob. And Scott asked... So, T-Bob, how does it feel being junk parts yesterday and a god today? And they're kind of walking along and the priest basically tells Scott to shut up, which was awesome. I love that. Uh, <laughs> he's like, slaves do not speak unless spoken to, you know. <laughs> and T-Bob has to add to it, saying something like, you should feel lucky since you're t- you're my favorite slave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oh, Scott, he's all mad now. He doesn't like that. And he tells him to, he's going to reprogram him with a hammer when they get home. <laughs> so then we cut down the trail a little bit later. Matt opens up his uh, backpack. He kind of walks off to the side from the group to connect to Bruce on the laptop. And I've kind of thought there should have been like maybe an alarm or something here to same here to yeah some kind of connection. To, it seemed like it was he opened that laptop case and boom, there's Bruce. Like, there's Bruce, right? Like he's been there should have been right. There should have been like a, a ringing sound or something, you know that. Bruce was trying to communicate to him, and he kind of snuck off to the side to talk to him. But anyway, uh, Bruce tells Matt that... Our computers just picked up the movements of Venom heading towards South America. The computer projects a 90% probability that they're coming to intercept you. I don't want to take any chances. Switching to Scrambler. Interface with headquarters secured. Level 1 emergency. And he asks the computer for the best agents in rugged terrain. I thought that was pretty good. I like that. Um, instead of just, you know, select the you know the best ones for the mission. And uh, that we get uh, two call-ups here. I guess really not call-ups, uh, but just the uh, 
assigned. Computer, right. Computer selects uh, Rusato, who they show the Rhino vehicle, but then the computer says that his vehicle will actually be Thunderhawk. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Brad Turner. And then Matt tells Bruce to meet them as soon as possible as they continue the journey uh, up the mountain. I think my feet need retreading. Oh, we've been going almost two days straight. Oh, is the almighty Tamula getting tired? The group then comes to this cliff overlooking these uh, ruins, basically, of uh, an old you know, Inca city or whatever. Uh, the priest tells T-Bob that the ruins used to be his home. And they make their way down to near the ruins, and he finds this like secret compartment in this one wall inside the ruins, and it reveals this round like gold stone that has some markings on it. And about this time is when we pan back from the ruins, and there's Venom. Right, and they're you know looking from a uh, nearby cliff, eyeing all the movements, and then. Uh... The priest yells out while holding a the piece of this gold, and a large eagle happens to fly into the picture. Uh, T-Bob attempts to run away when the, the eagle lands, but just then Switchblade and Manta swoop in with Matt telling them all to get down. Now for the fun part. <laughs> I didn't bargain for this. I'm going back to control. Are you all right, Great One? I don't feel real great. Playtime's over, boys. Whip on. Vanessa uses Whip to grab the priest, but he ends up dropping that gold disc. T-Bob grabs the priest's legs in an effort to rescue him, while Scott grabs onto T-Bob's legs as well. So we got this three people on a flying trapeze type of thing going on. They're all taken up into the air with T-Bob's arms becoming tired and eventually losing their grip. Well, Scott and T-Bob end up plowing down the canyon with Matt screaming. Scott! And then we're ushered into the big commercial break. There's pretty good suspense. Kind I like of what that. we've been used to. Um, I really like the reflection in Doug Stone's voice. Yes. I mean, he really belted out that, Scott! Right, I you like know. that. Yeah, you know, just imagine seeing your kid falling, you know, <laughs> down a ravine and kind of standing there helpless. Exactly. Um, he did a pretty good job. One thing I didn't like leading up to that was they had some other people in their group that I don't maybe they were locals or something or I don't know. I don't know who they were. Maybe they're some of the doctors. But as soon as <laughs> as soon as Venom comes in, one of the other, you know, people of the groups that you know were like we're out of here you know <laughs> and they just you know the two days journey up the hill i guess wasn't worth it for them to to keep going to this city of gold and you know as soon as they came under fire they were out of there so it just kind of left uh left mask and venom to you know go after this the city of gold right. it, it was it was pretty good suspense i i i it was at least what we were have been used to up to episode 26 at this point. So we come back out of the commercial. T-Bob and Scott are continuing to fall. And I was, you know, I always like to think, all right, I'm, I try to predict what uh, what's going to happen, 
how they're going to be saved, right. you know. And I admit I was surprised at this one. Um, as they are falling down, Thunderhawk swoops in with Bruce behind the wheel, and he doesn't use lifter. That's what uh, I was surprised as, about. Right. I was totally expecting a, a lifter moment here, but he flies Thunderhawk, so the doors are like directly underneath uh, Scott and T-Bob, and they grab hold of, like, the doors. Um, and then Bruce kind of guns the jet engines out of the ravine to climb and with Scott and T-Bob hanging on. And then Matt, you see Matt smiling that <laughs> Bruce just happened to be there at the right time. And Thunderhawk lands with uh, Matt making sure that everything was... Okay. Well, what I but, didn't like, though, was uh, and this is a, a, I guess, a tick with the voice acting is how casual it was. You know, they're screaming, plummeting, plummeting to their death, and yeah. they finally get grabbed, and it's like, hey, thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Bruce. You're welcome. <laughs> really? Seriously? I mean, like they didn't, they didn't complete the thought. Yeah. If just, you're gonna, if you're gonna scream out in, you know, peril for your son that's falling into a ravine. I was almost anticipating like a bad joke from T-Bob, you know, something like you just caught us in the nick of time. Something stupid. Nothing. It was just, hey, thanks. See ya. (laughs) Well, uh, Scott does ask about Tupac, the priest, and uh, what happened to him, and Matt just kind of shakes his head no, that we just assume that Venom has taken him, right. and then we cut right to Venom's camp. Right, and they're surrounded by a... They're actually sitting by a campfire, all in a group. But the priest will not cooperate without his god, Tamula. But Miles continues to insist and even threaten the priest. Let me put it to you this way. You're not going anywhere, anytime, in any way, until you cooperate. Miles then asks who Tamula is, and the priest simply draws a picture of what looks like T-Bob, on the ground. Back at Mask, we see Matt and Scott. They're sitting in Thunderhawk with no luck finding the priest via the, the computer in the in the car. T-Bob walks around playing with this gold piece. T-Bob! Oops! Why didn't you tell me you had this? Nobody asked me. I've had enough of this stuff. I'm getting some sleep. You're not a human. You don't need any sleep. I'm not an Inca god either. But Tamula has spoken. And Tamula's getting some shut-eye. So yeah. finally he just pulls the covers over. Yeah, I think he says, uh, I knew a vacation in the Andes was a bad idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. or <something. laughs> he doesn't like to go so, anywhere. Do you notice that? Yeah. He's always he's always the resistant one. He is. <laughs> the group. So, Just relax, T-Bob. Have a little fun. He doesn't know how to relax. Scott needs to reprogram him. I guess so. So Mac makes uh, plans for everyone and has Scott take the gold piece to the doctor in the morning to have the hieroglyphics translated in an effort to, of course, help find this priest. Well, during the night, we see, uh, actually it almost looked like dawn. But uh, anyway, we see Venom roping T-Bob's legs. Uh, they pull him out of the covers and they... Run off, out of camp. Tamula, my foot! My foot! So T-Bob is gone. Uh, The next morning, uh, we see Scott riding with Brad uh, on Condor. 
and as they're heading back to the city with the gold piece, these eagles fly overhead again and basically escort them to the ground. I'll have to talk to air traffic control about these guys. I have a hunch this is for the birds. Scott just kind of determines that they probably want this gold disc or stone, and he just kind of gives it to them, and then the eagles fly away with it. So Scott's like, well, I've, that's that takes care of that. Right. He wants to stay with Brad and go back you know, to the mission, but... Brad basically tells him to hoof it back to town like Matt ordered. Right, but that didn't make sense. I mean, if you look at it from a realistic standpoint, you see how far that kid was from town? (laughs) Uh, You could see it, I mean. (laughs) Really? I mean, Matt, come on. Be a little more responsible. Even if he's 13 years old, dude, you don't let him have to climb off the freaking mountain, walk, (laughs) who knows, five miles to town. Yeah. He didn't even give him a bottle of water. I mean, come on. <laughs> Poor Scott. I know. Poor Scott. Left alongside the road again. Yeah, maybe there was a stream nearby that he could <laughs> get a drink. <laughs> anyway, Condor takes off uh, with Scott wishing Brad good luck. And we cut back to Matt. He's ready to leave you know, camp in Thunderhawk. And he's calling for T-Bob. And it was kind of a... You know, home alone moment here. <laughs> really? Uh, where's T Bob? You know. That's it. We're ready. T Bob. T Bob. Matt, I haven't seen him all morning. Then Matt kind of puts two and two together after seeing his uh, ruffled sheets over there that Venom must have grabbed him to be with the priest. So they both hop in Thunderhawk, and they track T Bob because T Bob's got a little. Uh, like homing device. Right. T-Bob has his tracking device on. Let's move out. I sure hope somebody's tuned in. This kind of was... Uh, I didn't remember this animation for the... No, it's new. I like this. Thunderhawk conversion. It's great. Uh, just a, basically like an overhead angle um, of the doors going up and then it that traditional kind of low ground shot where it takes off way up into the sky. So that was pretty cool. We cut back over to the priest and T-Bob, and they're kind of being escorted up the mountain with Piranha and Manta close behind. Right, and T-Bob's really fearful here. Uh, He's looking down at the height and the distance of the ravine. Surely you're not afraid of this highest of the high. So uh, he's looking at the this little bridge that they're having to cross, and you know, of course, they're like, "No, th- we're not doing this." <laughs> uh, but eventually, T-Bob crosses. Uh, he ends up falling, and Dagger, who is actually in Switchblade, now picks up. All this time, he's been sitting right below- alongside him in the ravine, but now just now picks up this strange signal coming from T-Bob, but he doesn't know that it's from T-Bob. Mayhem. I'm getting some sort of signal. I haven't been able to locate its source yet. I've lost it now. Keep on it and stay out of sight. T-Bob reaches behind his head, turns off the little homing device, and of course now it's gone. Now I didn't... It was a little moment here where I was like, okay, well first of all, 
why is Dagger up in Switchblade? This is the first time we've seen him in Switchblade. But then I, it kind of hit me. Okay, well, Miles is in the uh, Piranha sidecar. He wants to be near the priest. That's right. You know, so I I, I kind of bought into that. But then, you know, T-Bob's got this homing signal on, and Dagger says, you know, basically to to Mayhem, I guess through the their radio or whatever – about this signal. So how did T-Bob hear him and know to shut it off? You know what I mean? It wasn't like he was, I don't think he was like near Mayhem or, you know, within earshot of what's going on, but I guess maybe he could be, but it just didn't seem like, well, how does he know to shut off the signal now when, if Dagger's the one up in the helicopter talking about it? Right. It didn't make sense, but I did like the change up. I do actually like to see them change up the pilots every now and then. It was uh, it was different. It was different. Right. Um, so then we cut back to uh, Thunderhawk in the sky. Matt says, We've lost the signal. And then we basically are cutting right back to the bridge with the priest and uh, T-Bob making it across this suspension bridge. As Piranha drives over, uh, they roll these large stones I onto the bridge, this. which is a pretty cool trick. Yeah. And, you know suspension bridge like that it's just wobbling and going all over the place and mayhem even yells for help at one point oh no Ah! and vanessa quickly she's in manta she flies across the ravine and she uses her whip trick again to basically contain them both t-bob and tupac right as so that you know, Piranha can make it across, and Mayhem then again threatens. You try anything to ruin my operation, and I'll tear your precious tabula apart, ribbit by ribbit. Now get moving. They did some pretty good work with his voice. Yes. Uh, you could really hear it in uh, Brendan's voice that you know Mayhem was really ticked off, and at that one point when he threatens him and. Uh, is like, you know, you're not going anywhere until you cooperate, you know. That's some nice, kind of a stern tone right. to his voice uh, in this episode. I really like that part. Then the journey continues uh, with Switchblade overhead, and uh, T-Bob's a little sneaky. So yeah, T-Bob ends up turning on that homing signal. Uh, like you said, it's very, very sneaky. I like that. And uh, But anyway, they, the two end up coming upon the waterfall with the opening on the side, uh, Kind of looks like a doorway. Resembles a doorway, anyway. El Dorado! The entrance awaits you! The priest and T-Bob end up kind of walking nonchalantly up on top of this large boulder to the to, to their left. And the priest pushes this rock button. And the channel, that it ends up channeling the, the waterfall, the water from the, the fall to to this doorway that they, they assume is the doorway, anyway. And it just... Yeah. Blast him in the face! I love it. It was a uh, it was a trick. It was a fake doorway, fake entrance. Yeah, right. And then the the actual entrance ends up protruding through the waterfall, and we see Tupac and T Bob run in, and it you know disappears in the waterfall. And Dagger yells down that Mayhem, Mayhem, Mask is here. Get down here! I'm taking over up there. A Thunderhawk flies in and. And an air battle kind of ensues with Matt jumping out of Thunderhawk. And here's what didn't make sense, because initially they're flying. Matt was in the pilot seat. When they switch over here, now he's in the passenger seat. 
Oh, I didn't catch that. At what point do you do a in-flight <laughs> swap? <laughs> now, granted, Dukes of Hazard tried to pull this stunt, and it still did not make sense to me when they're driving down the highway at freaking 100 mile an hour, and they're deciding, <laughs> hey, I want to try. Oh, I think I think it's more than just them. I think about every show in the '80s. <laughs> they had to switch drivers on the fly. Yeah, switch drivers on the fly. But anyway, I don't know. It just you know I've I understand. I this is this is a cool scene with him and hang glider, but right. I didn't understand why he needed to jump out of Thunderhawk right I, at this point. I didn't entirely understand either, but uh, you know it was cool while it lasted, type of thing. Yeah. So he jumps out. He uses Spectrum Hand Glider. It actually has a different effect surrounding him. It's almost like an electrical lightning bolt yeah, thing. Yeah. I didn't like the way he activated it, too. He kind of extended his arms like he was, you know, like a bird or something. <laughs> Spectrum Hand Glider! Oh! That was just kind of a, I guess, a tick for right. me. But he's like, Spectrum Hand Glider on! And he, like,. St- <laughs> he extends his arms. I'm like, okay, it, you just float, right? You, you're not flying this thing. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, he, he dodges through all the the whole midair battle dogfight going on, and he ends up figuring out how to dodge through all this. Yeah, it was a daring move. I wasn't sure a couple of times how he kind of maneuvered away from the lasers, you know. Right. It just seemed like he, he kind of can control... You know the hang glider. Maybe this is the prequel to these uh, to these uh, new hang glide dudes that are flying around. Now. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, it could have been. Uh, but Brad finally gets involved in the fight. Now the blast ends up hitting Manta, and she crash lands behind Piranha, knocking Rax and Dagger off the bike. I, I, yeah. I don't know what this problem is with this bike, but they end up falling <laughs> off this bike, both of them, into the water. Rack swims to the service with Dagger flipping a switch, going in, you know, and using the sub to eventually get to the surface. Yeah, I this episode, I gotta say, my favorite part was the Condor coming on the scene right here. The animation, it was pretty just, good. It, it, it just kind of came out of nowhere, right. you know. And Matt's in this daring move, and he he basically asks. Uh, one vehicle, you know, Thunderhawk, to cover him among two Venom vehicles in the air and one on the ground. You know, right. <laughs> I mean, it was like it, that's what kind of didn't make sense. You're gonna put yourself in harm's way with three vehicles, you know, around and only one, you know, one to cover you. But you know, that being said, with that, you know, Condor coming on scene and kind of saving the day, so to speak, or saving the saving Matt uh, by firing at Manta, it, that was like the best part of this whole right. episode for me. Right. But anyway, so yeah, we get, um, we cut back after Dagger takes off in the sub and Rack swims to the surface. We get back to uh, the priest and T-Bob. They're now uh, at the real entrance and he asks for this uh, stone desk. Great one, the disc, please. Disc? Ooh, what disc? Oh, that disc. Sorry. But wonderful Tamula, it is the key. We cannot enter Guatavita without it. 
on cue, we get the uh, eagle showing up right. and uh, gives the disc to the priest. That was kind of coincidental, it seemed like. Um, he finds this, he removes this kind of uh, rock or something. He finds this secret keyhole or uh, place to put the uh, disc, and it opens the doors. And after a little bit of coaxing, uh, T-Bob finally enters in uh, with him after he was uh, being scared. Right. He didn't want to rush into anything, you know. No, he never does. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like uh, Shaggy and Scooby, you know. <laughs> you first. Um, after this, we get Matt landing from the hang glider. Tupac! T-Bob! And just at this time... This piranha sub surfaces, which the the rivers kind of by this fake entrance, and they start shooting lasers at Matt, and it hits above him, and causes I guess what was some limbs or vines. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, wasn't it sure exactly what it was, but they fall on top of Matt and basically knock him out. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a an okay corral confrontation there. Matt kind of notices dagger in the sub and the sub kind of looks at him and the sub draws first you know and, right. and got him but dagger he climbs out of the sub and his motivation now is he wants to get a glimpse behind the mask who is this we're going to find out once and for all who this mystery character is no more pussy pointing around now we'll finally see who's behind that mask i don't know what what did you think about that i, I mean this is the first time that that I remember at least Venom trying to quote unquote unmask mask. Right. I actually liked it. It, it, You know, it, it shows that they want to know who their, who their enemy is. And I don't know what to really expound on it. I like this, this where he wants to see who his enemy is. He wants to see who, who Matt, well, this guy in the, in the gray suit is, they keep shooting at him. And basically make it his boss run. But anyway. Yeah. Well, here's my point. I mean, it's a good addition and all. And, you know, we've, we've discussed before, even earlier in the episodes, whether Venom knows who uh, Mask is. Because we definitely know that Mask knows who Venom is, um, calling them by name. Right. Um, and all basically Venom does is call Mask Mask, you know. There's no uh, no names or anything like that. So why why did they wait to do it now? Why wouldn't you introduce that earlier in the series um, uh, instead of waiting till episode twenty six? Right. That now that part doesn't make sense. But maybe it's to them. Maybe maybe daggers on his own at the moment, and he's up person to person with Matt. Yeah. And he has that opportunity, so he's going to take it while he has it. And right. of course, well, that I, gets <laughs> shot to heck. But yeah, now you know that's kind of the, I guess you would say Batman side of right. And I did <laughs> Matt kinda, Tracker. Right, and I kind of thought of that too, especially uh, the old, the old Batman yeah. series with uh, Michael Keaton. <laughs> well, and even going back to Adam West, you know, in in the '60s Batman, you know, that's true. He still he lives in the mansion. He's got this kind of bat cave, so to speak, this car that he drives to Boulder Hill, you know, and mm-hmm. he basically what they're saying with this scene is his identity is 
kept secret. So, I don't know. It was interesting, and it just kind of made me think, too. And I'll have a little bit more to say about it later. But um, we then uh, were coming back to Brad. Uh, it's kind of saving the day here again. Right. He uses the Hocus Pocus mask to create a large Black Panther right in that, that fake doorway. It spooks Dagger all kind of ways, and he ends up he ends up diving personally into the river, and you know he's gone. That was funny. He didn't like dive back into the sub. Yeah, you think you go? For <laughs> they the have no respect for the vehicles. None. What's going None. on? Come on, Venom. <laughs> These vehicles don't grow on trees. That's right. You just leave them behind. You got the bike in the water. You got the sub sitting there on the surface. Right. <laughs> Oh, my. So inside the cavern, the priest and T-Bob come upon this glowing golden city. Your blessing to Mula will give Guatavita renewed life. Naturally, T-Bob can't wait to crack a joke here and says... Are you sure I can't just send a blessagram? And <laughs> priest acknowledges that the gods know humor as well. Outside, the air battle continues with Switchblade blasting at Thunderhawk. Bruce circles around. I like this little bit. But Bruce circles around and quips, If at first you don't succeed, drop a magnetic bomb. Thank God that was his only saying. This. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> So the bomb ends up uh, is launched and attaches to the right wing of Switchblade, who is in jet motor at the moment. It engages a jet booster, essentially, and sends Switchblade spiraling out of control with Miles yelling, retreat, naturally. All right. All right. I got to I got to talk about this okay. again. This is at least at least the third time they pulled this. Track. Oh, at least I there has got to be something else you can use by now, you know, it's a cool trick. Okay, I get it. You're not. You're kind of getting rid of Venom in a <laughs> in a new way or a nice way. You're not just blowing them up. You're just sending them spinning off into space. Right. You know. But this is the third time they've used it, and you the use second point is, huh? you got to use what works. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the second thing is, all right. This is the third time. Wouldn't have Mayhem figured out by now to maybe just convert to helicopter mode so he doesn't go spinning off in this jet. I guess not. He's not that observant. Uh, anyway. So we briefly see Matt, Brad, and Bruce outside the fake door. It's a dead end. No sign of T-Bob or Tupac. We cut back to the hotel. And a very saddened Scott solemnly just closes his suitcase with a very empathetic Matt attempting to console his son. The cab's waiting. I'm sorry, Scott. We did our best to find T-Bob. Just then, a knock at the door, and who is it? It's T-Bob. And it surprises them, uh, but yet they just can't help but ask the questions, you know, what happened? Are you, uh, are you all right? So, um... Why are you covered in dirt? Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, I just got back from Guadavita. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. That Tupac was like an octopus. He was all over me. Hissing, hogging, yeah. Well, the, the, the funny thing is, you know, he tells the story and Scott still isn't 
uh, he still doesn't believe him. He asked him to prove it. That's what I didn't T- like. You know, there, T-Bob has to hand him this golden statue that looks like him to prove that he was there. That's what kind of dismayed me. Your, your long-lost buddy, the robot, and you're crying over him, and then you still don't believe that that's where he came from. It's not like he was yeah. out lounging in unicycle mode and you know <laughs> zooming around for no <laughs> it's me alone whatever yeah i well and it's funny too that you know he could be in unicycle mode this whole time driving up and down the hill Heck instead yeah. of walking and being tired <laughs> but we're uh we're at the end of the episode now and t-bob basically tells scott he just wants to get out of this country just get me out of here I'll i'll be your slave if you want me to be your slave and of course, you know, Scott doesn't waste the opportunity. And <laughs> no, not at all. Take my luggage down to the car, you know. <laughs> and then T-Bob. Oh, blah, 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 kinda, blah. <laughs> do I have to? Yeah. Right. And that's basically the end of the episode. Right. It leads us into our PSA with uh, T-Bob uh, has built this unique robot. And I use that term loosely here. What in the world is this? It can cook, clean, or wash clothes. Turns it on and it <laughs> comes apart as it peels away, blowing the entire household circuit breaker. Which was yeah. If you looked, if you looked at this thing, there was several plugs, like a la Christmas Vacation in the basement. I was thinking with the same the thing. Lights plugged into the same outlet. And Matt. Storms in and says that they were lucky it was only a fuse. They could have, you know, severely hurt themselves. And then it was really caused the fire. Right. But it was kind of a, you know, a a simple, you know, I'm sorry, Dad. Yeah. Won't happen again. That's it. And that's it. That's our PSA. So um, after our lovely story, (laughs) what would you rate our, uh, our episode? Uh, I tried hard to to get some middle ground on this one. <laughs> um, really, I mean, the to me the best part was that scene with Condor. I mean, it was it had nothing to do with the story. It was just kind of that where he saved the day. Suddenly, yeah, burst into battle, and that was the high point. So, I'm giving it a two. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I cranked it down to a two. Wow. Uh, I mean, there was some good parts, and I did take some good good things out of it. Like I said, the voice work was was good for the most part. You know, I liked Matt crying out and Mayhem's stern tone when they kidnapped the priest, you know, and they were forcing him to find the city. It was kind of like, it reminded me of, I think it's the third Indiana Jones when they're looking for the Holy Grail, yeah. and he's got his uh, dad and the other guy... Um, under duress, they're in the tank, and Indiana Jones is trying to catch up to them, you know. And when they're on that journey, so it was it that was cool, and it kind of reminded me of that. Um, I, the the twist with dagger flying switchblade, you know, I kind of made sense of that with Mayhem wanting kind of to be on the ground and near the gold, but you know, when the time came, I want my baby back, you know. <laughs> I want to be flying that thing That's when right. the battle comes. Um, but as it, far as the plot it was for me it was far-fetched from the get-go um i've said to you know time and time again i don't mind the magic books and the scepters and the lost treasure episodes but i kind of prefer venom to 
really be behind the plot and not just running interference. You know, they it was just basically a chance that they, you know, this TV channel was broadcasting it and they're basically just trying to intercept them before they, you know, mass can get it first. I don't know. I don't I would rather them kind of be behind the plot and doing the action and Matt and mask trying to stop them, you know, so to speak. Right. Then they gave up too easily again. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just retreat and my jets out of control. Oh my gosh. You know, and <laughs> vehicles strewn everywhere, <laughs> vehicles in the water, in the woods. And, you know, I don't know. And then I mentioned before the whole T Bob as a God thing felt just unoriginal. Um, and it lasted the entire episode too. So, you know, I was like, uh, you know, this is a ripoff from Star Wars, and then it lasts the whole episode, and I was like, eh. Anyway, the the identity thing, you know, when Dagger tries to reveal Matt's identity, um, you know, this is what I don't get. They were in their camp, okay, to get T-Bob. Was Matt wearing Spectrum at night while he goes to bed? No. <laughs> exactly. They could have I mean, had the how- opportunity there. Yeah, he doesn't sleep with it on, so how easy would have been to, you know, figure out uh, the robots here, uh, these, you know, the robot always goes with mask, it must be these guys, you know? <laughs> I don't know, it, to me, they just introduced it too late in the series. Right. It would have been great if it was kind of hyped more towards the beginning, mm-hmm. but, you know... It's it's a nice addition, but it seems too late to me. But the and okay, and then the last thing, uh, and I'll let you talk. <laughs> um, Bruce and Mayhem and Rax, they never used their mask. Vanessa, she did that whip trick twice mm-hmm. with the with the mask, and then we had, uh, you know, Spectrum Hang Glider. But and I think, well, no. Uh, Dagger didn't use his mask either. It was no. the it was the guns on the sub. Right. So, all right, this is mask. Somebody use some freaking mask, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed that they they were underused in this episode too. So, anyway, that was that was my take. I I can't go above a two on this one. I tried to go a half point and round it up, but I'm not going to do it. So, what did you give it? Well, I guess we're going to be on opposite sides of the spectrum, so to speak. Uh, I actually liked this episode. As as far-fetched as it was, uh, reviving a guy that's been dead for 500 years, uh, I actually liked it. I gave it a 4.5. Um, sol- really? Solid 4.5. Wow. It's not one of my favorites. I, I, I could not put it equal to Rotex or uh, the Golden Goddess, but I, I liked the storyline. Again, like I said, it, it was kind of... It, even for a mask, it was far-fetched to revive someone that's been dead in ice for 500 years. And then to be able to walk and learn English in two weeks. And have a hospital right there that just happened to have all well, this. Well, you know everything's just... convenient for mask. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Matt knows everybody in the world. Too many coincidences for me. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but I did like the hidden pocket or whatever in the wall, in the ruins. I liked that. Um, I especially liked the... The legitimate door that actually extends out of that waterfall, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a good trick. I mean, it was a good kind of, mm-hmm. you would expect that stuff, you know, if there's a 
uh, a city of gold hidden somewhere. You'd expect some kind of booby traps or false, you know, uh, entrances and stuff along the way. So that, I mean, that was, that was a good part of the story. Right. Um, it took me a moment to, to kind of figure out what T-Bob's use was. Cause at first I thought it was a little on, on the overuse side until I started, uh, you know, putting the two, two together that he's got to have to be, uh, play the God for, um, Tupac? Tupac. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it, I, as much as I didn't like this episode, I never felt that he was overused. Right. His you know, you are you're, you're used to his corny jokes, but he was directly involved with the plot. So, I've never felt like he was there was too much T-Bob. Right. Uh I like the voice work on with Doug Stone and uh, uh Brendan McCain. Like their voice work. That was great. I enjoyed the attempted little escape that T-Bob and Tupac did, you know, throwing those rocks over the bridge. That was, I liked that. That was kind of comical. They were uh, using what they have to get rid of, to, to try to escape. Um, like I mentioned before, I kind of like the, the change up of, of the people in the vehicles, Dagger and Switchblade. Like the animation of Thunderhawk. I, I love that overhead shot. And I liked the catching of the two. T-Bob and Scott, you know, falling to their death, and here comes Thunderhawk, as convenient as it was, the way they used it instead of using Lifter. Yeah, yeah, that was creative. Right. The dog fight was pretty cool, uh, especially, like you said, where where Condor kind of comes out of nowhere and starts blasting away and, and, and trying to, to, well, he's not trying, he is helping in the fight to, to defend uh, Matt as he's gliding down to the surface. The things that were, I guess, bothersome to me, the mistake of the, of the call-up, I would think the computer would know that you, you should be picking the vehicle you're going to be tagged with. Instead of the, the default Bruce with Rhino, it should have been Bruce with Thunderhawk. Probably a minor tick, but that's something yeah. I would have liked to have seen. I think... It, I think they probably just had like file footage on that one, and that's why they didn't. Right, exactly, show. and I'm sure that's why yeah. they did it. But I guess of the ticks, for continuity, right? Yeah. Of the ticks, that's the bigger one that I have of the whole episode. To be honest, um, the other one was when uh, that I identified before is Matt's flying Thunderhawk in the air, and then somehow they switch pilots at some yeah. point in midair so that he can jump out the passenger seat to use. Uh, spectrum hang glider one uh one other tick i had too that just came to mind was the the oversized eagles yes they never really explained no, they didn't why they were there where they came from why they're like four times you know the size of thunderhawk and uh they just didn't you know it was cool that they had that they were kind of had that mystical kind of feeling to them but they never really at least I never caught on to where they came from or why they were there. Right. Uh, and, you know, I didn't even think to mark that down, but you're absolutely right. I. Why are they gigantic? Are they mutated? Yeah. <laughs> and the final one I had was, uh, we always identify it, though, is how quickly Venom runs away from a fight. Yeah. When it gets a little too challenging, uh, Miles, like, says, uh, I give up. Let's get out of here. Retreat. <laughs> But, uh, I, I, yeah, I, some of that is okay with me when 
he kind of realizes they're licked and, you know, is, you know, if <laughs> Switchblade has crashed before and they're left hanging in the, you know, the river. Right. I think that was, uh, I think that was the uh, Assault at Liberty mm-hmm. episode. I mean, you can identify with that more that, yeah, okay, he's going to retreat at this point, but, you know, he's, the the other agents were, were pretty much licked, but he, you know, he could have done something or, I don't know. Right. Just, is he did seem to, to give up a little bit too easy on this one, but didn't have much invested to begin with. No. I mean, he was basically there running interference, so, you know, whether he got it or not. And th- that was another thing, kind of, too, where, okay, so they found the city. Where What happened to the priest, and what's going to happen to all the gold? <laughs> good you point, know? good point. You know, they don't... Uh, uh, but they've done this before, where we've yeah, they've left yeah. with the okay. What happens now? What uh, like the uh, the episode where Bruce is comes upon the guy that's you know, boiling hot in the in yeah cold fever yeah cold fever. Whatever happened to that guy? Did he die? Did he is he okay? <laughs> right. It was it was Bruce that you know kind of came to life. You only care end. about Bruce. Don't care about this innocent guy that's over here. <laughs> right. So and you know. Again, this is a kids' cartoon. We realize that, and we're we're you know watching this older. We read a little bit into it, a little probably a little bit too much at some point. <laughs> but you know, going through, we have the benefit now of going through you know the first twenty five episodes and know kind of what we're used to, and that's just kind of what pushed this one down for me. I know there's I know there's better episodes out there, at least in my opinion. But oh, yeah. uh. It's cool to have a differing opinion every once in a every while. Once while. Yeah, we're usually we're usually kind of spot on with each other, but I don't know. This has happened a few times where, mm-hmm. and I think I'm usually the low end. You are the low guy. <laughs> You're usually the I'm high. more forgiving, I guess. <laughs> and you know, I've said it before too. Just because there are some lower ratings doesn't mean I don't like the cartoon. Obviously, it's one of my favorites, if not the favorite of the '80s, and. Even though we rank it low, it's basically, you know, if somebody's coming in and they don't remember it or they want to catch up watching it, I'll direct them to another episode first before <laughs> they get to this one. Do you uh, catch any similarities to our script to this episode? I hope you did because I didn't find a one. <laughs> Actually, I found one. Good, okay. It's when Venom is at the hideout. We uh-huh. In the movie, we have a kind of a hodgepodge hideout where they're at. And it right. happens to be where Miles actually has these papers open on a makeshift table. In our movie, we kind of picture them in a, in a junkyard, literally. Yeah. So they they have a makeshift like of uh, uh, in my mind they have hoods as the table, just whatever they could find. Uh, but anyway, you see Miles open up plants in the movie. We have him doing that, just that. He's out looking at plants, except. He's looking at plans for the the masks and the vehicles instead of uh, right. looking at probably for this lost city of gold, which is what the episode was at. Good call. Yeah, I now that uh, now that you mentioned that, I can I definitely remember remember that in the script. Very cool. Well, let's uh, let's get on to our listeners' uh, feedback and our poll results, and I guess the poll results kind of reflect. <laughs> Both ends of the uh, the oh, scale, yes, uh, like we did. Um, we had uh, 13 total votes. Five votes 
was for a five. One vote for a four. I guess that was you. No, I, I three four point five. I round. Oh, up. you went. You round. You went up. Okay, I got you. One vote for a four. One for a three. We had four votes for a two, and two ones. Uh, so I think that's almost a first, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we had a thirty-eight percent giving it the uh, the five. The five, and then thirty. The next you know, highest uh, group was a. That was a two. So that's that is that's all over the place. And because of that, we had some interesting comments. Yeah, we have our buddy Anna. Uh, this is one of my favorite episodes. It has some great action and drama and good background music. I love the fact that they even explain why the Inca priest speaks English. In how many movies haven't the characters spoken English when they really shouldn't have without an explanation of why? I also like the way T-Bob is used in this episode. For once, he really shows some independence and bravery. Like when he dares to turn on the tracking device, even when Venom uh, can locate it, and without having Scott by his side. Yeah, I'll give her that. Um, that one occasion. I mean, he was still kind of knee-knocking. Yeah, he was, he he was, was timid to, most of, uh, to me in most of the episode. That was, a, that was a good point, though, to make. Um, and then we have uh, Eric from uh, Cartoonopolis.com. He says, this episode is a weird one. Here's a list of just some of the things that prevented me from rating this episode higher than a one. Well, we found our one. One of them. <laughs> one of them, yeah. Somehow this Inca Priest guy is brought back to life after being a human ice cube for hundreds of years and has two giant thunderbirds at his command. T-Bob is somehow mistaken for an ancient Incan god even though he's almost completely concealed in hospital scrubs. That's a good point uh, yes. when he first sees him. Right. Uh, plus the fact that a robot even needs to wear hospital scrubs. True. Uh, T-Bob's arms get tired, and he has to sleep at night because he's exhausted. Bruce is somehow a better mechanic than Buddy, even though Buddy runs Boulder Hill Station. I guess maybe he was referring to the call-up there. Must be, yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly what he says, what the computer says when they call up Bruce. I think it was something about mechanical mm-hmm. work or something. Uh, Ven- Venom somehow survives being trapped on a flimsy wooden bridge while giant boulders are rolled across them. Uh, and they somehow survive being drowned by a waterfall. Mayhem, for some reason, feels the need to ride shotgun and piranha while the dumbest member of Venom <laughs> is able to competently pilot Switchblade. I mean, that, you know, this is what we talked about. Right. It was just my opinion that Mayhem wanted to be closer to the action. Uh, the leader of Mask is laid low by a bunch of old vines. Uh, Brad laughs at Dagger instead of seeing if Matt is okay. <laughs> Good point there with the old when he does the hologram. Uh, Vanessa disappears after crash landing, and poor Rax must have drowned because we don't see him again either. Sure. Well, he we did see him swim to the top. That's a good point about. Vanessa just hanging out in the woods there. Uh, And then finally, Mayhem tells his agents to retreat, even though it's obvious none of them are even there anymore. (laughs) Plus, the most disturbing thing is the fact that the writers felt the need to punish us by making the most annoying character a central part of the story. Now, I'll... uh, I'll defend T-Bob a little bit. I'm not sure he's the most annoying. I would 
think maybe Scott would be. But, I think um, it's either one sometimes. They're kind of one in the same though, but right. yeah, that's uh, I, I he makes a lot of good points there as to why mm-hmm. I kind of you know rated this lower on the scale as well. Um, we did have one comment from Simone, who I believe is uh, she also has been commenting on Facebook, although she been commenting in Spanish, and all she basically said was, "I love all of the episodes of Mask." So we thank you for that comment. Uh, we like. I'm not sure I would say I like all of them, but most of them right. uh, <laughs> are kind of there. And then we had uh, our buddy Eric from BoulderHill.net. He left us a pretty good uh, uh, long <laughs> comment over on the blog. Right. Uh, strap yourself in. This is a long one. At least he warns us. <laughs> so this episode was a bit of a mess for me. While I understand Mask is a fictional cartoon intended for children, the glaring problems with Secret of the Andes are overwhelming. This episode should have been called The Secret of Walking Around a Lot. (laughs) It seems like 80% of this episode is just spent hiking around the Andes Mountains. I'd also love to know how an ancient Incan priest speaks English and has no problems with waking up in the far future. And how exactly did Venom find out that Tupac was brought back? Or that he might know where El Dorado is? I think think we established that. That was the... That was the TV uh, report. Right. The plot holes kind of just go on. There's hardly any cool mask usage. Vanessa uses whip a couple times, and we are treated with Spectrum Hang Glider. Even as a kid, that was kind of lame. The final battle scene is really short, and somehow Mayhem, an accomplished pilot, is taken out by Bruce's very first shot from Thunderhawk. I guess they ran out of time after all that walking around. (laughs) <laughs> Mask has had a varied level of animation quality throughout this series, but this might be one of the worst. The scene where Tupac and T-Bob roll boulders on the bridge is so bad and it's jarring. Also, at the end of the episode, when Scott is packing up his suitcase, the animators made a huge screw-up and didn't paint in all of his torso. Scott's body literally cuts off around mid-chest. Hmm, I didn't know this. Notice that. I, did, I missed that. I think he did post a link, though. Right. Finally, the PSA. While I have no problem encouraging safety with power and electricity, the idea that Scott Tracker needs to be told about overloading a fuse is, is ridiculous. Scott built T-Bob and has been shown doing tons of complex mechanical <laughs> and electrical work on the show. How can he possibly not know about overloading a fuse? <laughs> That's a good point. It is. <laughs> it would have been much better to show Dusty plugging in too many pizza cookers or something. Or maybe they should have just remembered to make Scott wear a helmet during the episode when he's flying on Condor with Brad. Good point. A teenager riding a motorcycle helicopter in a combat zone without even a helmet. Good job, network. <laughs> okay, all done with the bad. Here's the little bit of good. Mask continues to be a show empowering females. In fact, Vanessa is the only Venom agent that seemed to have any idea what was going on with this whole episode. While the animation was mostly poor, there were some very cool shots of Condor flying around. Also, the whole bit about T-Bob being an ancient god was actually pretty amusing. It made me chuckle a few times. And of course, every time I watch this episode, I bust a gut laughing when I hear them say, Tupac. And I imagine the rapper running around with 
T-Bob instead of the thawed, <laughs> instead of that thought out priest. I'm clicking the two button on the pole. It was it would probably be a one if not for the great shots of Condor flying around and for the hilariousness of hearing Scott talk about Tubac. <laughs> and then later on he shows a screenshot of the animation and there's a link on our blog that you can yeah. follow. Uh, we had a couple other commenters, uh, Oz and Pauline. Um, it, yeah, it really wasn't about the episode. No, it was, it was just um, commenting about... I guess more or less their... Uh, <laughs> they were promoting their blog and uh, some other Secret of the Andes movie, um, which had really nothing to do with masks. So we won't go into their comments, but we do appreciate... Uh, even though it was long, we appreciate Eric and... Uh, Eric from Cartoonopolis and Anna for, and uh, Simone for, for commenting and uh, leaving us with some good feedback. Yes. That was some very insightful and some points I had not thought of. And I usually don't – I usually, and just so everybody knows, I'm not sure if you're the same way, but I try not to read the comments when I'm coming up with my own notes. Oh, and the same way. Kinda, I'm, I'm having to go through all, every – I have to say my point. I can't, I can't just – copycat or whatever <laughs> right right so uh it's it's very cool when uh you guys leave a comment and we just you know talk about something that we haven't noticed uh during the episode so we appreciate that a lot right and uh i guess speaking of eric from boulder hill we uh are hoping to uh, do a podcast with him in our next episode which will review the four issues from the first uh, DC Comics series of mass comic books. So we'll be inviting Eric back on. Uh, he was our guest, if you'll remember, for the mini-comic review mm -hmm. and uh, read-along. <laughs> that was a fun one to it, put together. It, I bet it was. We had a good time. I really had a good time uh, oh, it was great. going over it. Uh, in fact, uh, he actually had us do an interview with him. He does a lot of interviews primarily over email or yeah. Word or whatever he uses, email for us. And uh, we got to do that. I don't know when it's going to be posted. I imagine within the next uh, week or yeah. two. Uh, I think he said within the next week. Um, so jump on over to boulder-hill.net. Right. And uh, you should be there anyway. But um, he'll have that interview up there. He's He's got, I think, the first issue from that four-issue series uh, already posted up there. I'm not sure if he'll be able to uh, post all four. So as when we get the poll up and when we start talking about uh, the series, uh, if you don't if you don't own those, um, hopefully he'll be able to have those up there for us to to kind of go through, right. and uh, you can kind of read along with the story. We probably won't go page by page since they are a little bit longer when we do the podcast uh but we'll probably be giving our overall you know opinions of the story the art the whole comic series and you know choosing our uh our favorite of the four so uh we hope you will join us for that and uh if you got your you know own copies to du you know we encourage you to dust those off and uh break those out and start reading those over again so be going over those and we will uh, we'll be reviewing those on our next podcast and we just want to remind you as well if you want to go back farther in our uh, in mass cast uh, history 
uh, I guess more than just the you know a couple episodes that they keep up on uh, iTunes and on Stitcher. Uh, we invite you to visit our streaming archive over on Mixcloud, and you can download the. There's an app for Mixcloud, or you can just visit mixcloud.com/backslash/maskthemovie, and our whole 36. What is it? 36 now? 35. 35. Uh, we've got 35. Will be up there for you to uh, listen at your uh, leisure, and we are still kind of working on getting a permanent archive for those so you can download but um, for now we just invite you to go to Mixcloud and uh, stream them and uh, hopefully we'll get something permanent on the blog in the future right well I guess that wraps it up for another edition and again we apologize for such a long delay hopefully life doesn't get this too chaotic in the future but uh, we invite you to join us next time on Mascot. What's he saying, Dr. Landa? The priest's name is Tupac. You all appreciate it. When I was young, me and my mama had beef. 17 years old, kicked out on the streets. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Suspended from school, was scared to go home. I was a fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Shed tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was poor and other little kids. And even though we had different daddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused. It was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell.